You're listening to a DM podcast. Hey, we are back in the football shed, the podcast for football fans that live in the wrong time zone. My name is John Hewitt and Ron Gibbs is here. John's back. Woo! Uh, Jeff, John was talking to me then, not you. I just couldn't contain myself. Hold your horses. Sorry. No, 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 you've spoiled it now. Okay, you you can go, just leave me with John. Okay, see ya. (laughs) And so Jeff King is here, and not Roger Gibbs. No, Roger Gibbs is still here. How are you both? I am back. (laughs) Yeah, nice to see you, It's been... A long time since I've been sat in this. Well, actually, it's been a very long time since I've been sat in this chair doing the show because we're at home for because it's lockdown in Melbourne this week. Um, so we're doing this online. So first shed back and not in person, which is a bit of a shame, but still excellent to be back. I love the way you put that. Like it's lockdown this week, like it's Easter. You, like it, like it's just <laughs> an, they go, oh, it's lockdown this week. So we're all we're all at home because of lockdown week. Like, uh, yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> but no, it is very nice to be back. Um, I, I've got to say, uh, Rog, Jeff, impressive keeping up the shed whilst I was uh, sick, and uh, your date nights did get uh, very more and more romantic as they went on. I think my favourite <laughs> bit was. <laughs> outro tunes at the end um and i think i, I enjoyed the uh, cobbled together intros what do, we, what do we say now what do we say that oh no there's a bit about this oh no that thing oh what <laughs> we're lost really running machine john it was it, it just was like you were there um but i am back and we're not going to do the awards this week we plan to do the awards this week but we kind of want to do them in person so hopefully we'll be back in person and we'll do them next week um, before we get kick off, I will do want to say thanks to the shed community for everyone who sent me get well messages. Um, I am basically fully recovered, um, and I can't run around and play football yet, which is annoying. But apart from that, everything's okay, which is quite nice. Um, so we'll do the awards next week. Now I have to do the introduction bit. Or do we want to do beers first? What do we do? Do we do beers first? Roger, did you bring a beer? Yeah, I brought a beer. I'll talk about my beer. What beer did you bring? Um, I bought a... Right. Uh, yeah, that's enough. Um, G- Jeff, garage, did you bring a beer? Garage Project <laughs> Hazy Days this week. It's got quite a cool little picture on the front there. Can you see that? Yep, there we go. Oh, nice. Um, yes. nice, nice hazy IPA um, from across the ditch. <laughs> uh, very tasty. That's what all we get. Bring, very, very tasty. <laughs> very tasty. Did you bring anything very tasty, Jeff? Yeah, wakachagi, wakachagi, wakachagi. We love you, wakachagi. So I, uh, yeah. with my diseases, I can't drink at the moment, so I'm on uh, alcohol-free beer. I've actually discovered this one, which is the Bridge Road Brewery up in Beechworth. Is that right? Beechworth. Yeah. Yep. Um, they've got an alcohol-free pale ale called Free Time, which is delicious. So I'm drinking that a lot. Um, right. Every week we start with a question, but before we do that, if you want to get involved in the Football Shed community, head to our Facebook group, Shedders and Volleys, to talk nonsense about football. Roger's just turned off the light in his room, so it's all gone very dark in Roger's room. Um, um, or you can, if you are a bit more like Roger, you can email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Right, this week's question. I found a question that's all about the end of the Premier League. The Premier League finished last week, which we'll have a look at um, this week. At the start of the season, 
the BBC asked 25 pundits to predict the top four. How many of those 25 predicted the correct top four teams? Maybe not in the right order, but they got the exact correct four teams in the top four out of those 25. 25, you say? Mm-hmm. And who finished top four? Chelsea, Liverpool, United and City. Yeah. Uh, I reckon 20 of them. I'm... Oh, come 18. On. <laughs> um, no, 23, which is a ridiculously huge amount. But also, mm. I think the reason I wanted to say this, it's really fucking boring that Leicester didn't get in the top four. <clears throat> Yeah, it it's is. really underwhelming that it's two years Liverpool, in a row. Man City, Chelsea, Man United, and you just thought, oh, really? Like, I don't think I've ever been so sad about a result. I was just like, this is really depressing that it's just the top four. Everyone predicted it's the same every year, and it's just going to keep going. And it's annoyed me. Well, but I would say I felt worse last year for Leicester. Um, yeah, okay. I remember watching on the final day, and, you know, and part of that was because it was United and, um, you know, yeah, it was just you could see it happening and Leicester just fell over. But the I think the other aspect of this was I, the, I just watched the FA Cup final and that was very fresh in my mind. And and I mm. was I actually was talking about this with a Spurs fan and, you know, having a conversation of would you rather win a trophy or get in the Champions League? Um, and Jeff, we talked about this a bit in that I think – with the ESL um, in particular, it's kind of sort of turned me off Europe a bit. And, you know, we've always put the top four as this important thing. And why have we put the top four as an important thing? Because you get in the Champions League. But is that the important thing? No, it's important because we get money for being in the Champions League. And Mm. actually, is that something that we should celebrate? Whereas winning the FA Cup and, you know, winning a trophy that no one can ever take away, I think is, um, is, is more for me. And I think that's, I think that um, that phenomenon, if you like, has for me has now increased with the ESL because the sort of the bit of the luster's gone from from Europe. So I was sad for Leicester, but having said that, isn't it great that they still won something this year? Yeah, again, a trophy is bloody huge. Um, go on, Jeff. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, John. It's disappointing, and and I was. Yeah, I really didn't want them to choke. I really didn't want them because, because you know, Brendan Rodgers has got that around his neck right now. You know, what happened with him at Liverpool, what happened with Leicester last year and what's happened um, this year. You know, he's going to have, he's going to be blighted by that. However, when I look at the league as a whole, when you say it's quite disappointing that it was all predicted, I don't think any of those pundits would have predicted fifth and sixth the way that ended up with Leicester and West Ham. So when we talk about a big six or a European Super League or whatever it looks like, you know, everyone talks about the big six, but actually it's it's not that anymore. Mm. Or if it is a big six, that big six includes Leicester and doesn't include Arsenal. Or the fact that fifth and sixth are neither Spurs or Arsenal. Mm. I think that is excellent. You, you know, And I don't think that's something that's... Um, when Leicester won the league last time, we were looking at it being a transitional year, right? There were lots of managerial changes at some of the big clubs and, and, and you know, poor form at the beginning of the season and form at the end of the season. And, you know, it was one of these unique events. But you could always tell that the next year, things would kind of settle back to those with 
achieved and those without did not. However, I look at the state of Spurs and Arsenal right now and I think, well, you know, they're not a shoo-in to be big six next year. They're not a shoo-in to take over West Ham or Leicester's spot or or whomever, you know, Leeds or Everton or whomever puts a run in. I would say that there are, there are clubs like Leeds who are probably in a better Leeds and Aston Villa and Everton who are in a better position to, to make progress off the foundation that they're in now in, you know, instead of Spurs and Arsenal. So I'd say that this season has at least done something and it's it's made that big six kind of myth. It's exposed it a little bit and actually uh, I, not temporarily. No, I, I, yeah, I, I agree on the top six theory, but I'm just nervous that the top four, because they've got into the top four, are going to pull away. You can't see... Liverpool aren't going to be as poor as they've been this season. They're going to get in play, injured players back, so they're going to improve next year. Man City are only going to get better. Um, Man United, in theory, should get better if they're going to spend huge amounts of money. And then Chelsea look like they're doing way better under Thomas Tuchel. So you can't really see another top four. You can't see the top four changing for two or three years, I reckon. And that's a bit underwhelming. But you no, can see, I, I you can see no, a no. title race, though, which I... Um, I yeah, you know, I kind of agree with you about top four, but I think that next year I see the league being closer. I don't see a Man City or a Liverpool pulling away. I think that I think you're right, Man Man United, Man United and Chelsea would be looking to challenge. And I also think I know Jeff, you were going to jump in here, but Leicester is an example. I think because they've won something and they are showing that they have this sustained success, I think they'll keep their players this year. So mm. I, I think yeah. I don't. Last year I was much more worried about them losing, say, a Tillmans, um, and I think this year they'll keep that squad together. And actually, if they can add just two or three, they've got a strong squad. And if they can add two or three real quality players, so for Leicester, probably the big one's going to be, you know, Vardy can't go on forever. Um, then why can't they challenge? Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, Roger. I, th- I think that the um, you know the vision of Leicester is something that's now it looks like it's it's stable. And wh- why would you want to leave to win something when actually you you can win something at a club like Leicester? But I, I think that you know, John. Let's say you're right, and let's say that the top four this year's top four will get better next year. Mm. And the clubs below them are going to try really hard to break that up. I think that that's a good thing because I, I think the more excellent teams you have in a league, the fewer points the leaders get because yeah, there, isn't, there isn't one good team beating a bunch of shit teams, which actually compresses the league. And then there are there are scenarios like you had this year with West Ham where if, if let's say, next year the good teams are beating the good teams all the time or – all a, a lesser team has to do, all a West Ham has to do, sorry, West Ham, lesser team, you know what I mean? You know, an, an un... Oh, you bloody hell. It's too late in the season to be, to <laughs> be right, diplomatic. Yeah. You know what I mean? All a West Ham has to do is beat all of the shitter teams and yeah. suddenly they're sitting in top four whilst everyone else is beating each other. And then it's then every game's a cup final for them to pull out results. And, and I think that that kind of thing can happen when you get a lot of good teams in a very small space. And, and if all of those top four teams get better and if the teams below spend stupid money to try and you know, knock on the door, I think the rest of the league's in a good position too. Um, of the 25 pundits, do you reckon you can name the two that didn't have the top four right? BBC pundits? Oh, um, Martin Keown? No. Danny Mills? No. <laughs> they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't even ask Danny Mills. 
26 on the list. Uh, Loro. No. Shearer? No. You're not going to get Garf, it. Garth Crooks. Ian Wright, because uh, yeah. you put Arsenal fourth. Arsenal, yeah. And then Jolian Lescott, who put Arsenal third. What? Yeah, exactly. And my favourite one as well is Chris Waddle. Everyone put either Man City or Liverpool to win it. Everyone. Apart yeah. from Chris Waddle, who put Man United to win the league. Where did that come from? Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, oh, oh it, it, we can't... I mean, we look at the look at the league table as it finished this year, and we can't forget that up until three, four weeks from the end, it was still probably, you know, from fourth to ninth could still have got into the top four feasibly. Everyone thought that they had a good run to get to that top four spot. And it was only with two weeks to go that that, that contracted down to only two or three teams. But actually, you know, it was really close for a really long time. Not the top of the league and not the bottom of the league. You know, relegation was relegation ever since Fulham just started bottling it. Mm. And Man City post-Christmas were unstoppable. However, you know, when it comes to that that little um, cluster of teams that were, you know, third to tenth, could have been anyone. If you look at the top ten, the top, those teams in that kind of West Ham, Spurs, Arsenal, Leeds, Everton, all those guys next year will have plans on being in Europe. Um, 100%. Everyone will spend money. Um, Leeds might not spend as much money as the others, but everyone will spend money and go, we want to get in Europe, or if we've made it into Europe, we want to stay in Europe. Um, Villa aren't that far off either. Um, and Wolves had a bit of a funny season. I predicted them to come in the top four, um, and that didn't happen, obviously, and Nuno's left. Um, but I think they'll be back next year and a lot stronger. So you're looking at 10 or 11 teams that are going, I reckon we can get in Europe next year, which should make it interesting. Sorry. Did mm. you say Nuno's left? Yeah. Oh, yes. that completely passed me by. Yeah, so Nuno... I missed, been I missed the... that piece of news. I had no idea. You are annou- he... announcing that news to me for the first time, John. <laughs> so, just to let you know, Roger Gibbs, um, Nuno, before the last game of the season, announced he'd be leaving, and then he, at the wow. end, went and had a cry on the pitch and said Didn't goodbye. you see him cry, Roger? Didn't you just see him clap and cry? No, and... no. This, I, I, I must admit, I, I don't know what I've been doing the last couple of weeks, but I must have missed that one. <laughs> It was in a kind of pointless game. With, no, oh, it, was, it was against Man United. They lost 2-1 to Man United against Man United <laughs> Reserves. Um, and then, oh, yeah, the end, he clapped and went and said goodbye. So where do we know where he's going? A holiday. It's a good question. Yeah, probably holiday. on holiday. Uh, my, my money's on Spurs. But, um, you know, who knows? I... I like I I think he's quite a good manager, but problem with him going to Spurs is he plays the same football as Jose, so yeah. you're just you're getting miserable football again. So I don't think you. I but think you'll get a, a job. He's not a miserable man. So so no. the thing is, like Jose lost the dressing room <laughs> and he lost the players, and no one bought into him. But sometimes his football is effective. You can imagine like they they would be a, just a, a, a Jose machine that needs a cuddle. <laughs> and yes. then they'd feel better about themselves, and and you know maybe he's, he'd be good for that job. You're right though; he's not well, a Hollywood manager. I don't mean in 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 character; I mean in footballing style. 
Yeah, he's not going to bring exciting, expansive football. Um, on Spurs, let's talk about Spurs for a minute. They got into the Conference League. Um, yeah. which Congratulations, is, Spurs. What is that, by the way? What, that yes. is, yeah. so, although, again, I, I have a, a, a good friend who's a Spurs fan and, um, uh, you know, he was already trying to, like, talk it up. Like initially he was like, oh God, not this. And now it's happened. And he's kind of like, oh, well, well you know, like we, we, we might be able to win a trophy. And, um, yeah. and like, oh God. that would be the most Spursy thing to win a yeah, trophy which... that's got like rapid Vienna and uh, baked Borisov in. And they're like, oh, and, what what is the, and the, the prize is a place in the Europa League. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> like, it's so good. It's so good. Um, what, okay, I want. To, I I also wanted to talk about Spurs because we were talking about, mm. uh, you know, next season. If you like, I don't quite know where I see Spurs going. Um, is Kane going to go? Is Bale going to yep. go? Does it matter if Bale yep. goes? I don't know if it does. But um, where's where's Harry Kane going to go? And what's going to happen to Spurs? Um, well, Harry Kane's going to go to Man City. They're going to win the league for the next fifteen years. Um, <laughs> and uh, Spurs are going to try and hire Conte, and he's going to go to Real Madrid. They're going to try and hire someone else, and someone else, and someone else. And then at the last minute, they're going to go, "Ah, oh, shit!" I listened to the football shed the other day, and Jeff said we should hire Nuno. <laughs> so they're going to hire Nuno and have the same problems as they did this year. That's yeah, my prediction. Gareth, Gareth Bale's going to go back to Madrid. Uh, they've laughed play off. Play golf. But they've they've yeah. laughed off all the rumours that he's going to retire. But you know, okay. To to Gareth Bale's defence, he has the best minutes per goal ratio of anyone in the Premier League this season. Really? Yeah. Of someone who has made uh, more I than ten. Goal, of, I think it's goal involvement, isn't it? No, no. Not goal. goals per goals per minute for anyone who's made more than ten starts. Uh, something like a goal yeah. every 70, 74 minutes. So, so look, he's not he's not been a waste of space. No. Yeah. Uh, it, granted, the second goal he scored in the game against Leicester, I, I don't understand how every single defender decided to just like let him <laughs> run away, actually <laughs> stroll through all of them without doing anything. He still hit the post and he got his own rebound. Do you remember that goal? I know it was yeah, a few weeks ago, hilarious. but yeah. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I'm like, how are these defenders? What? Like, are they all marking <laughs> runners that don't actually exist? It's like they're, they're just stepping back. I'm like, this is an important game, guys. <laughs> you want to not lose this? It was it was outrageous. But that counts on Gareth Bale tally um but he's gone he's not staying there this year is he no i don't know um but where do you they're think in a complete kane mess aren't they where do i think kane will go is that, yeah. is, is that is that your question rog um well john said uh city so you think you'll stay in the i tend to think you'll stay in the premier league as well although mm, levy I, think... I don't know if levy would necessarily sanction it though kane's mm, come out and said know. he wants to stay in the premier league because he wants to beat shearer's record so uh, that's yeah. like so it means yeah. it's only Man City, Man United, or Chelsea because Liverpool haven't got the money. Um, Chelsea, I don't. He won't go to Chelsea from Spurs. No. That doesn't happen. Um, if you could choose between Man United and Man City, they'll pay you about the same. You're going to win a lot more at Man City in the next five years. Just go to Man City. If he yeah. does break um, Shearer's goal scoring record. We probably Still have a to one stop season calling wonder. him the one-season wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this weird feeling, John, that he's going to go to United. And for the same reason that 
Harry Maguire went to United. So Harry Maguire mm. could have gone to City. Do you remember that? So he was making yes. the, the same decision for the same money. And he went to United because of this this kind of British feeling that you get when you you know when when those players were young kids united with the single greatest team of all time ever and no matter who they supported it would have been this aspirational thing to play at old trafford for manchester united do you know what i mean that's the yeah. generation that they're from and harry kane's not a kid you know he's not grown up post fergie he grew up when fergie was the don and i think there's this kind of weird seed that those type of english players have british players have that that actually playing for Man United has this mystique to it. And perhaps just like Maguire, he's going to choose United over City in the face of all logic because of this, this is the pinnacle of my career feeling. And also I think there's that little bit of, uh, if you, Man United obviously have not been as good as they have been for the last five or six years since Fergie left. Could I be the player that makes them great again? Could I be, if I'm Harry Kane, do I go to Man United and become top scorer and win them the league? And then I'm a superhero and go down as a legend. So maybe. I mean, I, I think, and I think to be honest, he'd probably do very well at either. And he'd, he'd make both teams better, which probably mm. says that he's quite a good footballer. But I, I think, um, I, I mean, to be honest, much as I don't necessarily like Manchester United or Manchester City, I, I'm the thought of Harry Kane going to another club does like I'm excited about that. I'd like because I think he is he is really good. I know we joke about him as a one season wonder, but I think we've seen him adapt his game and you know improve and evolve as a player, and he's he's sort of at his peak now. And I would like to see him at the absolute top top level, and at the moment that's not Spurs. So I'm sort of, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to go and see him challenge himself. Um, and I kind of do hope it's in the Premier League where we get to see him. And in Speaking the um, of- Europa League with Man United. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of of Man United, so so you, John, you missed some pretty key yes. date nights between Rog and yes. I when the U- U- European Super League was um, announced and discarded, and when the uh, I'm going to call them the Manchester Riots took over Old Trafford, <laughs> and, and um. You know, Rog and I was was speaking to you throughout the whole whole process about what it was like to be a Manchester United fan during this during this whole period of time. And I, I wish that we could have our time again, and you didn't die, and you um, <laughs> you were <laughs> and, and you were able to I'm record life. life. <laughs> yeah, but now you've now you've now you've come back like Jesus um, as a new man. How do you still support Man United? So, well, yeah, and no, I wanted to make a public announcement i guess <laughs> this on this podcast first one back um i it's it's basically i've divorced man united and uh it's been a kind of number of things that have happened over the years and it's kind of escalated and escalated and we've got to a point that we shouldn't stay together for the kids um and that we should part our ways but it's amicable um and we still watch out for each other and we still share the pick school pickup and stuff, and we get on fine. Um, and I'll watch them, and I'll watch out for their results. But I think the Super League pushed me over the edge. Um, I think I've fallen over this season, it's particularly this season, I've fallen out of love with Premier League football a bit. 
and I think the VAR I'm really struggling with. Um, watching football and then not being able to celebrate and the whole kind of is it onside or is just getting really stale and boring. Um, I can't stand the amount of social media racism that there is in the moment in Premier League football and the amount of abuse that's going on. Um, and then there was no fans, so the game wasn't very exciting to watch. And then, in the midst of all that, on top of it, you had these owners of clubs go along and go, oh, you know what? Let's just make it uncompetitive and have this European Super League. And you guys have spoken brilliantly about the European Super League and how gross it was. But that just made me go, you know what? I'm not spending any money on Man United. I'm not putting any effort into supporting Man United. And I'm going to go to the grassroots of football. I'm going to put some effort and time into a club that is maybe not doing so well. The lower league clubs are struggling and they haven't got a huge amount of money behind them. And I kind of purely went on a locale to where my parents live. So I'm supporting Exeter City because when I'm over on visit, I can go and watch a game easy. I don't know a huge amount about Exeter <laughs> City as much yet. Um, I know that they've got in the playoffs the last three years, but they didn't this year. Um, and they came seventh or eighth, just once off, one point off getting into the playoffs. They play in League Two. Um, they've got a decent structure. They've got a few good youth players there. Um, Ethan Ampadu. Um, who plays for Chelsea and was my pick for young player of the season who didn't do very well at Sheffield United. Kareem used to play for Exeter. That's all about all I know about them. But yeah, so for me, Man United, I've gone, thanks, but it's been great. And I've supported them and how since many years? I was uh, 31. 31 since years you've years supported old, Man United. Since 1990. Um, so yeah, 1990 FA Cup final um, was when I went, oh, they're good, they won. Well, they actually drew three all. Um and so then I support. And that was Fergie's so, first trophy, Crystal Palace. Yeah, Ian Wright scored two, came off the That's bench, right. scored two, made it three all, and then in the replay, last ever <laughs> FA Cup final replay, Lee Martin scored the winner, one nil. So. I mean that's a, that's a huge thing, right? And from mm. if if you're listening to this in a in another place, another place from you know, wherever we are, Jesus, <laughs> it's, it's very rare. It's very rare to change your allegiance from a sporting club after thirty mm. years. That's a that's a rarity, and um, and and I actually think that it's it's interesting to watch what follow through with it, John. And the way you've been talking in the last couple of weeks, the last last month or so, I believe you. Um, mm. And good on you because yeah, well, what, what thank happened you. was a disgrace, and well done. Yeah, and I. You get older, and sometimes you die. Like, I genuinely did die nine weeks ago for four and a half minutes, and now I'm back here. And you kind of go, well, what do I want to do in my we life? Should, we should make it clear it was around Easter as well, John. Yes, just so, so everyone knows. You know, there's, there's some pretty special powers happening here. Yes. You do have some you links with the things. big man upstairs. Mm. <laughs> would, exactly. would Jesus support United? Mm. Would Jesus go yeah, to the World nah. Cup in Qatar? Mm. No, he'd support Exeter. <laughs> Um, I'm just I'm just disappointed, you know. I was we're a very uh, broad church down at uh, Bristol City. It's also not too far from where your <laughs> parents live, and you you very quickly shunned me. No, not supporting the same team as you, Rog. Never. Um, but yeah, no. I, I just genuinely was just like, you know what? I've not enjoyed football. I've not enjoyed Man United for a little while, um, and. I, I don't give a shit about that kind of, oh, you're only meant to support this team or that team. You know what? They've pissed me off. Fuck off. I'm done. 
Um, yes. And I wanna, yes, John. Yes. I put, Legacy fan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I want to put a bit of um, time and effort into lower league football. I'm going to buy an extra shirt when the season starts and they've got a new shirt out. And I'm going to watch out for their results. And I'm going to watch them on B in Sports a bit whenever they're on, which is pretty rare. Um, and I'm going to give it a go and see what it's like for a year or two and then go, that was great. Or see what happens um but as i wonder, wonder how many United similar fan, stories there are yeah i well, yeah i think there's a lot um i don't know any of anyone else who's done it or said it i know that people have when man united got taken over by the glazers they set up fc united and kind of started the whole fan run club um and a lot more people have kind of headed over to fc united to get involved with those guys um and yeah i was going to say i still watch like i watched the europa league final a couple of days ago and i watch out for man united and if i'm not lying i wanted them to win but also when they didn't win i just really enjoyed the penalty shootout and went that was a lot of fun and it was it was crazy yeah i, I don't think i've ever seen a goalkeeper have a worse penalty shootout than than De Gea did there if you, you, you can concede 10 goals and then miss the 11th to, to, to lose. <laughs> and have you seen, um, without going too far into that game, have you seen he had his notes, right? Have you, you seen this? Um, so no. Someone picked up on camera that he had his notes, right? He had a little list of which player goes in which direction. And the only one that he didn't follow his notes was penalty number six. He went the other way than his notes said and the kicker went the way that his note said so it's like he he got everything possible wrong and ignored ignored his notes only once which was the worst time to ignore his notes that do you know the last time david de Gea saved a penalty i oh know 2005 2016 <laughs> yeah like, just put henderson in goal just swap it over yeah, absurd. I mean, is there, absurd. there is absolutely, uh, it's one of those things as a keeper, there is an art to it. And we have seen keepers that are, that are specialists, if you like, and there is definitely something in it. Um, so I completely agree, John. Like, if you've got substitutes left, why not do it? It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, do you want well, to, to talk about your follow your ecstasy? Oh. Go on, Jeff. Sorry, John. I said I'm going to be very interested to see how your Exeter City um, fandom goes this year, especially being so far away. And I'd like to think that it inspires others to actually kind of sit on their principles when they have a chance. Because if something pisses you off enough, you don't have to deal with it. You can just kick yeah. it to the curb. Just go. Yeah. No, no I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it goes. Um, I'm also intrigued to see what my reaction is when they get relegated and whether I just like, well, oh, fuck this, this is crap, going back to Man United, <laughs> or whether I stick with it and whether I have any uh, gumption to keep going with it. But uh, yeah. we'll see. Um, do you go want on. to stick to Europa League and talk about the Europa League final, or do you want to go back to the Premier League quick for a bit? Well, it wouldn't be um, fair to move off the Premier League so quickly without, I think, giving West Ham a bit of props. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, they are, they're going to be uh, typically, you know, that surprise team of the year or that, that oh, shout for manager of the year, David Moyes, whatever, however you want to put it. I think West Ham were exceptional this year and the fact that they were even there considering where they came from the year before. And, and remember, West Ham 
what two years ago now were having their you know riots on the pitch from fans that were in the stadium coins were being thrown at the owners it was a disgrace without that club so you're going from that to this kind of feel-good factor where they're dancing around doing special celebrations and you know it's just brilliant to see the turnaround and i don't think anyone can have a a, a bad feeling about West Ham. They're one of those clubs, aren't they? You, no one hates them. Millwall fans. About that. Well, Millwall, okay, <laughs> fair enough. But yeah, I don't know. I, anyone who used to watch West Ham 20 years ago, you must have a soft spot for them. You must. Yeah. Watching yeah, Decanio yeah. and like, you know, these, they, they've had some great incarnations and, and they've had a lot of... Um, you know, they've been a yo-yo club, and that in itself is, has been fucking entertaining for the rest of us. So it's it's like you know, you, you, watching them all the way up this this end of the table. I think it's been brilliant this year. Really well, and it. even I, th- I also think just take, taking this season, we, we know without all that historical context and just basing it on this season alone. You know, I even think that if you look at all the individual players, you know, they're a slightly odd bunch. You know, they've got a star striker slash right back, right wing back, left back, <laughs> uh, centre back. Um, you know, they've got uh, a massively lanky midfielder who nobody really wanted. And, you know, they had him on loan and then could buy him anyway. And he's been great. Oh, and by the way, I'll bring my mate along um, when I signed <laughs> for right back. T- turns out he's also quite a good right back as well. Uh, you know, Lingard, nobody was really touching him and his you know, came in on loan at just the right time when they, you know, had a few injuries, needed something different. Um, and it was Lingard. Um, Fornells looked like he was a typical West Ham expensive flop um, when he arrived for 20-odd million from Spain. And then, you know, they, they stuck with him, he stuck with them. Turns out he's actually quite good at football and was really good this year. So I think, you know, there's definitely, there's that element of it. Moyes managed to you know, pull this bunch of players together into a coherent team. Um, and and I, I thought they were a really good watch this year as well. Like, I've really enjoyed the way they played, um, which I haven't always said about Moyes teams. Um, and, yeah, I'm with you, Jeff. They're definitely, I've, I've got a, a, I think I have a West Ham soft spot. Um, and to Do only you finish, think- you know, two points off the Champions League places is, is a t- like, that's a terrific season for West Ham. Do you think they can follow it up next year? Because my fear is that they've had this great season um, and they've kind of built the foundations. Now they have to play Europa League football, which is great to go to Europe. Brilliant. Um, but it means they play Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. They don't have the biggest squad. Like you said, they have Tenth. a star. They have a star striker who's a right back and no other strikers. So they need some strikers. Um, they, yeah, they're thin on the their squad front. So I just don't know if they can actually carry it on next year. I don't think they have to. I, I think um, just being in Europe means they can concentrate on that. They're not going to get relegated. I, I mean, when, when Moyes finished fourth with Everton the next year, they finished 17th and the, mm. and I'm not saying that that was, that was a good thing, but what I'm, what I'm saying is that David Moyes has now bought himself some time to rebuild West Ham. 
So it's mm. not a, a, a disjointed squad with a few surprise players that have to get, you know, loan genius in January. He's bought himself a, an extended period of time where he can actually make that squad the way he wants it because they'll, no matter where they finish in the league next year, they'll have a, a good European campaign that they'll all remember, they'll all enjoy. So actually next year doesn't matter. It's the year after where they have to achieve something and that will have given Moyes a year's worth of time to create something. So, so I, I think it's the perfect position for a club like West Ham. Good one. Um, um, before we move off the Premier League, we need to mention the uh, team that came 10th, Jeff, I think. Um, Everton <laughs> finished 10th. Uh, can we talk about something else before Everton? Oh, I, I want to just quickly, I don't, I don't want to talk about Manchester City. We all know they won. <clears throat> but I definitely want to talk about Sergio Aguero. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know he's it, like... Is it you that doesn't like him, John? You think he's boring as a human? No, I mean, but, no yeah, well, he's a bit plain. But. <laughs> yeah, but as a as a footballer, I think he yeah. is one of my favourite. I'm going to go so far as to say one of my favourite Premier League players. Like to watch as a footballer, um, like such a pure striker, um, and it was just brilliant that, that he scored two typical Aguero goals. Like, you know, both quite different, just a, you know, a header, but he yeah. sort of hung in the air well. And his, his poked finish with the outside of the right foot Brilliant was finish. was very, very Aguero. And it was just so nice to see him do that. And I saw there was this wonderful symmetry. I'm sure you saw this, but he is the last time he came off the bench and scored two goals was on his debut. So it's like wow. a wonderful sort of symmetry. But I, I mean, I... You know, it's sad that he's going. Um, and, I mean, we'll all remember him for... Um, Aguero! <laughs> uh, forever. But, I, I mean, he, he's he's been brilliant for, for a long, long time. Um, and, I, yeah, I just wanted to, to I suppose, mention that. Although we'll, the Premier League will be poorer for not having Sergio Aguero in it. But this is um, another example of Guardiola getting rid of players exactly the year before everyone else thinks he should. Yeah, no, that's a good point. He, like, he, he does it. He, he get, gets rid of players when everyone's like, what do you mean? Surely he's got a bit more time. He's the best ever, whatever. And manages to refresh his squad before we've even known it's happened. And wait till he walks into next year with a better squad, having let go of what we think is the best ever Premier League striker. It's ridiculous. Um we're recording this on the Saturday night and tomorrow morning at 5am, so before this comes out, is the Champions League final. So we won't talk about the Champions League final because who knows who's going to win or what's happened and it will happen before we get there. But quickly, Man City or Chelsea, go Rog. Man City. Jeff? Um, Ch- Chelsea, Timo Werner, hat-trick. Wow, <laughs> awesome. John? I think Man City are going to run riot. I think 4-0. They're going to smash them. Um, so, Hell. let's move on to the team that finished 10th. Everton. Jeff, what happened? You predicted them to come first. And for six the whole season, off, you were in the top seventh. <laughs> he got the numbers right, John, to be fair. He got the two digits right in their place. Just the wrong way around. Just the wrong way around. <laughs> yeah. Uh I mean, look. It, what do you What do you want me to say? It, it was <laughs> ten points better than the previous year, but the, the problem with Everton, as as you saw, is as soon as the when Everton improved their squad in the summer, you know they got they got 
Takore, Allen, James Rodriguez, and suddenly the first team started looking better. As soon as those players are injured, they're left with the same team that finished 12th the year before. And there's nothing you can do about that. No matter how well coached you are, no matter how good you are, there are still, you know, some average players are still average. What and happened there was no, to Allen? No I haven't like seen Allen for a long time. He got injured for about three months. He was back for the last few weeks of the Premier League, which is a welcome th- welcome change. Decore was injured until that very last game. Um and and those players make a big difference. The reason why they were signed in the first place is because that's their areas of the park that Everton were lacking. So when they're injured, the replacements are not good enough. And and what do you do? It's 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 not. I'm I'm not even going to say I'm disappointed because it's progress because it's ten. As I said ten points ahead of where Everton were the previous year. Everton were excellent away from home. I think they they would have finished second in the league. It was just away results. Um, beat all of the big sides apart from Manchester City this year, which means that, you know, things were on the up. However, the home form was disgraceful. Managed to derail their local rivals' title challenge. That, that Obviously, that's a season <laughs> achievement, surely. Yeah. Like, as far as... I'm quite, I'm quite pragmatic about it because where, where do you want to be, right? The... They are continuing to invest, moving into a nice, fancy new stadium, have one of the best managers in the world. Everyone just chill out. Everything will be fine. Um, I was going to say, it's almost... Go on. I think you've almost dodged a bullet as well because you've come tenth. You're not in the Europa Conference or whatever. If you'd ended up in the Europa Conference League, I think that would have damaged next season. Whereas now you can have a proper because since Ancelotti's been there, it's been lockdown, it's been COVID, and it's not really been a time where he's gone right. We've got a proper preseason and we can get some players in and we can sort this out and get everyone settled. You've got eight weeks now off till the next season and he can sort out his team everyone can have a bit of time off get some players in and have a proper run at it next year with no European commitments and you are 10 points better off and you've improving your home form is way easier than improving your away form so if you can sort out your home form and you're going to have fans back in there which makes a huge difference for Everton it could go really well maybe you're going to come first next year Jeff yeah who knows I'm not going to um I'm just going to be as pragmatic as I can about this. I wasn't too disappointed with the end of season result because it just is what it is. You know, it's such a strange year. And the point of this year was to get out of it no worse off than you were when you got into it. And then we all start again with normal football when fans are there. Do you know what I mean? It, um, I, I just love the fact that you're being pragmatic about it now. I know the week before the season starts next year, you'll be going, oh, we're going to win the league. We signed definitely because Steve absolutely, from Japan. Yeah. And he's brilliant. He's just <laughs> no, he's, he's the Brazilian. Um, Ellis, Ellis Sims. Yeah, score, he's, like, he's we'll, we'll, 10 goals we'll score a few, a few goals in pre-season friendlies and Jeff will be convinced that um, Ten goals it's going to be the goal. Scored boot. in the playoff final in League One, Ellis <laughs> Sims. <laughs> anyway, the, 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 I'm sorry, I'm going to keep on dragging it back to the Premier League and I'm so sorry because I, I know we've got other things to talk about. But the, um, the team I'd be most, most disappointed with if I was a supporter <laughs> this year is Fulham. Fulham ended the season 11 points adrift from safety. So Burnley finished on 39 at 17th and Fulham 18th, 28. 11 yeah, points. And, and they, there, was a, there was a period about April where basically Newcastle were down and Fulham were up. Even though Newcastle mm. were a 17th and Fulham were 18th, it was like 
Fulham are that good and Newcastle are that bad. We just wait. It's just the waiting game before those two teams swap. How could Fulham have let that go so badly? 13 draws. And 13. Newcastle end up finishing 12. Half of those, you're up. You know, I just, um, I agree with you, Jeff. There's a, it does it still, they had a lot of players that were still there from the season they went down. Um, but I wonder, I feel like a few of those players are slightly mercenary. And mm. is this an attitude thing in that they've still got a bit of a funny squad um, mm. that maybe haven't completely bought in? And, and so that's why they it's a draw rather than a win. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think they're good enough. Like the squad that came up wasn't good enough to stay in yeah. the Premier League, so it's gone down, and it will probably come back up next year. It's just they, as a team, they are Darren Huckabee. They just are—they're <laughs> just they're a, they're like a Cameron Jerome team. They just, yeah, they can't they can't yeah. play in the Premier League and they can't play in the Championship, so they're just going to float in just between like forever. Brom. Same, same, now, same. Hold, yeah. hold on, John. Darren Huckabee had like a, a like a fifteen-week spell where he was amazing. Commentary. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. tearing up the Premier League. Fifteen weeks doesn't keep you in the Premier League, though, Rog. You got to do it for years. Well, no, didn't keep Coventry in the Premier League, did <laughs> exactly. it? Um, I want to talk about the Europa League final a little bit, um, partly because it was the best penalty shootout to watch ever, which was hilarious. Um, partly because Ollie didn't make any substitutions, which I thought was madness and quite funny to watch, also. But the main thing that I wanted to talk about was the what happened afterwards. Everyone's gone, oh, Man United have lost this final to Villarreal. Disaster. They need to sign 47 different players. They need to spend money here. They, this is awful. This is the worst. If De Gea had scored that penalty and the other goalie had missed, then we'd have gone... Oh, he's won a trophy. Oh, this is great to build on. Oh, they've got a trophy this year. And next year, they're going to really push on and they're going to buy one or two players and they're going to win stuff. So they're basing this whole rhetoric on the fact that David De Gea, who is a goalkeeper and has never taken a penalty, missed the penalty. And it's not—it's just nonsense. It's madness. And it's just, it just really pissed me off this week. That's all I wanted to say. I love that. I love that that's your point from this because you're 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 exactly right but then that is football that that's what happens you know we we have teams that finish second in their league you know a Real Madrid doing a rebuild a complete rebuild because they came second (laughs) and it happens all the time it's and it's so absurd don't get me wrong I'm I completely agree it's absolute madness that David De Gea having the worst penalty shootout of his life is the reason why Man United are suddenly shit. When when a penalty shootout isn't even real football, and, and, a, yeah. and a goalkeeper's role in a penalty shootout, shootout, actually, if everyone else does their role well, a goalkeeper will never save anything. So let's just kind of give him a break too. You, do you know what I mean? Like They are yeah. not odds-on to save a penalty every time. They're odds-on to concede a goal. It's only when, it, when, a, when the penalty taker has an off-kick. So if everyone's on form, you'll concede 10 out of 10. So that doesn't mean United are bad. No. I mean, John, what do you... I know, like, 
Uh, you know, not, not perhaps not a fan. <laughs> yeah, from a fan yeah. context, but but you know, you're knowledge, more knowledgeable about Manchester United than mm. us. I mean, where where do you think they're at? Like, take this result out of it. I completely agree with you. It happens all the time, and it's ridiculous. Like, it, you know, yeah. but they they finished um, in the top four. They weren't quite there in the title challenge. We know that they relied massively on Bruno at times, and I think towards the end of the year that kind of took its toll a bit. I thought Rashford um, improved again, and is you know, I, I just feel like he's the kind of player. If you have the more better players you have around him, the better he'll play. Um, I think you know Cavani was very good this year. I think there's a lot of positives when you look at United, but they weren't quite as good um, as City. Um, yeah, and which again is fair enough. But, which is fair enough, but so I mean, I, I actually I would see Manchester United as a legitimate title challenger next year, particularly if they, you know, if they do sign a Harry Kane or there's talk about Sancho as well. Like the players they're talking about are, are two or three real top quality players, which I think is probably what what you need. I think um, I reckon they're not that far away from being genuine title challengers. The Oli not making any substitutions in the final. He did exactly the same in the semi-final last year. Yeah, it's a real um, sign of the fact, and he does it in the Premier League every game. So it's not. I don't know why people are surprised. This is exactly what he does. He's got his best eleven. He brings on. He's got a best twelve. He brings on Fred for Pogba or McTominay for Fred or whatever. Just swaps one of those. That's it. The rest is just you play. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have any kind of change. So he needs to bring in players that he trusts. And if you look at the bench, like Daniel James isn't as good as Marcus Rashford. He's just not. So you kind of, a bit similar to what you were saying about Everton, Jeff, there's a drop-off when you don't have that first 11 in. So you kind of need to bring in three or four players to build that up. There is some young players coming through. Um, but I think also Oli needs to show a bit more faith in players. In the case of Bruno, you're having a week off because we're playing West Brom. So Donny van der Beek is actually going to play number 10 and let him play and give players a rest. So I think he needs to learn how to do that. Yeah. The one player that Man United really miss is a ball-playing midfielder. Now, I know Pogba's meant to be that kind of... But he's not really for me. He's more... He's, he's a kind of make something magic happen but you need someone who can control the pace of the game the perfect person you, is you want Tillman. Michael Carrick do you no no I think a bit more expansive I think mean? Tillemans from Leicester okay. would be the perfect kind of person because Fred and McTominay are great at winning the ball but they don't do much more they're not kind of dictating the pace of the game they just give it to someone else and they basically just give it to Bruno and hope he does something so if you chuck a player in the middle of the park who can play with it then I think that main United team is very strong. And yes, you need probably need another centre-back. And yes, it'd be great to have a Sancho or Kane. But I don't think that's essential Tony to Cruz. actually... Yeah, he's a bit old Why now. do you need Sancho? <laughs> Not you. Sorry, John, I'll get used to it. It's like... Um, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> but why does why do Man United need Jaden Sancho? They've got endless... Greenwood. Yeah, Dan well, James. They they've got endless fast-paced wingers. Like, what? Why? Why do you need Sancho? Rashford's because he's want, really good, I, I guess. What do you people yeah. want? How I think Sancho, Marcus, um, Marcus Greenwood, Mason Greenwood will be a number nine. He'll play up front mm. eventually, and that's where he plays. He's only playing on the right because they need to put him in the team somewhere. 
Could um, you play Greenwood? Um, the only thing about if you play Greenwood, Rashford, and Sancho, yeah, and you, and you're playing Greenwood as your nine, like he's a very different nine to say Cavani. Yes, but um, he'll evolve. He'll get better as nine. He's only nineteen still. Um, true, he is very different. But also because that was the thing last year, they're like, why do we need Sancho? Because you've got Martial, Greenwood, and Rashford. People get injured. You need six strikers. Like you play three up front, you need a sub in each position. So that's the kind of idea of you buy Sancho. He's not going to play every week, but it just makes the whole quality of that a little bit better. And then if he's in the team, Greenwood's going to have to step up and get better because otherwise you don't get in the team. So I think. Yeah, good, good point. Good point. Um, let's move on to side stories. Does anyone want to start? There's a bunch of things well, I've written on a list called Other here. Yeah, I I mean, only in parks, Jeff mentioned Sergio Aguero going and, mm. um, you know, Pep getting it right, you know, getting it right in terms of perhaps moving on a player before uh, the, the football community sees it, if you like. And I think that's fair to a degree, but I also love it when that goes wrong. Um, <laughs> and... Atletico winning the league in Spain yeah. was brilliant <laughs> and it was all the more brilliant. And I, I talked about this with, with Jeff on the last pod because um, Suarez had just got the winner in the penultimate game and then he scores again in the last game of the season. And essentially, you know, Atletico are a good team. You know, um, João Felix is, is really starting to come come into his own and, um, you know, as Kieran a player... Kieran Trippier, we, we we know that a, a Simeone team is always going to be very solid. But to me, the reason Atletico won the league is is Suarez, and Barcelona yeah. kind of thought, well, we can't let Messi go. You know, Suarez is surplus to requirements essentially, and I just think it's a it's a brilliant fuck you to then go to another club and win the league. So good. and you just you just like to see it, and and I mean, everyone likes the the black sheep. Winning and yeah. not the um, gilded Kieran Trippier, um, Jeff, I think you mentioned on the shed last time about Spurs players winning trophies since Spurs last won a trophy. <laughs> oh, yes. And, and so in the bit of Real team, there was Etienne Capoue and um, Foyt, the defender. So that was the 87th <laughs> and 88th Spurs player to win a trophy. Or ex-Spurs Foyth, Foyth's on loan, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Foyth, Foyth's actually going to have to go back as a La Liga champion to play in the Conference League. <laughs> Be like, so oh, good. great. What, can you loan me out again, please? Oh, this is crap yeah. back home. Um, um, go on. So, so I, oh, well, you mentioned Trippier. Yeah. Um, we've got lots of right-backs at the moment. Who would you play at right-back? If we're playing, say we're playing a four. Who You're would you play right back? You're talking about England. England. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, I would play Carl Walker. I think Carl Walker is one of the most underrated players in the league. Um, he's the quickest player at Man City. He's six foot two. He's good in the air. He can cross. He plays for the best team in England, the best team in Europe. He gets seven out of ten every week. I like. I. I don't see if there's any question. Carl Walker every time. I, I think you guys are both idiots. You <laughs> would. Without a shadow of a doubt, play Mikel Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, I mean, it'll get you goals, would he? <laughs> True. <laughs> Who would you play, Rush? Um, uh, 
I might play a three and might play Walker as the right side. Your question three was who would you play, play right Trent. back if it's a four? I know. I hate agreeing with you, but I probably, I, um, much as I love Trent Alexander-Arnold and I, I think he's an exceptional player, I think with the way that Southgate will set up and playing a four, I think it's, I, we know that generally the teams that win trophies at international level are the teams that defend best so I think you default to the the more defensive solid option and that's Carl Walker but he also still gives a bit going forward but it's crazy because I also think Reese James is a brilliant player like I've really yeah. and obviously Trippi has just won La Liga like it's a bit it's a bit ridiculous I, I don't want to disappear down a who should play for England rabbit hole so I'll yeah. jump into my my next side story have, have you seen that um before you the, go to your next side story oh, Jeff, Jeff. <laughs> I, I um Jeff, I just I have to bring up because I wanted to do that as soon as we talked about England. Every time we mention an international game, your first comment is always, Oh, I don't want to go down an international rabbit hole. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like international rabbit holes. <laughs> Can we talk about Evan again, please? <laughs> anyway, on, back Jeff. where we where was I? Where was I? Not you. you where, where, where was you, Jeff? I? I was on a side story, have you seen that UEFA have agreed to abolish the away goals rule in, yes. in both the Europa League and the Champions League? No, this is very exciting. Oh, Roger! All this breaking news for Roger today. Um, yeah. Yes. So the uh, UEFA Competitions Committee has decided to abolish the away goal rule for Champions League and Europa League football. I don't think it's next year. I think it's the year after. But please um, confirm if that's the case. Uh, yeah. However, I think that's that makes lots and lots of sense. Yeah, it makes loads um, of sense because it, it's just a it change old football. Role. Yeah, yeah. It, it is an old rule. It's is, it is for when you used to have to get the bus to Kludge. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> sorry, or Spartak or whatever. We get the bus to Moscow yeah. from, from, from Porto. But, um, but, you know, it's going to really change the the way ties are set up, won't it? And what is good and sitting on results and, you know, just getting one goal away from home and sitting on it because that, that's worth its weight in gold. It's going to really change European football. I don't think we should understate how important that is. Yeah, it's huge. Um, I have a couple of other little side stories. Um, Zidane's leaving Real Madrid, which we kind of mentioned earlier because um, they need a rebuild because they came second. Conte left Inter after winning the league because they wouldn't spend any money um, and he'll probably go to uh, to Real. And Lille won the French league, not PSG, which is really exciting. Yay. That um, was good. Other manager stuff, Allegri going back to Juve. Juve. Like. That's weird. Also weird. They hired Perlo for a year and then went, oh, that didn't work. Get Allegri back. Um, and... I just saw today uh, Celtic are talking to Ange Postacoglu. Yeah, that's quite exciting. It's Eddie Howe turned it down. Yeah. Or Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe turned it down for personal reasons, right? Mm. Did Does anyone else read into that? He just thought he'd get beaten up. <laughs> or, yeah, or maybe... Because if you put Eddie Howe in Glasgow, like he's yeah. easy picking, didn't he? Really, yeah. he's Eddie Howe. <laughs> like, he just nick his wallet so every true. time you see yeah, him. Yeah, his, like, his, his soft, soft edges would not go down. Eddie, well, you got ten quid? No, no, I don't. Go on, Eddie, give me ten quid. No, no, no. Go on, just a tenner. Oh, okay, right. I'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Eddie, you got ten quid? 
every day, poor little bugger. He's uh, never going to score. I, yeah, I mean, I, I quite, I've got a lot of time for Andrew Postecoglou as a manager, so I, I'd like to see him. Yeah, I mean, I, I know he's, he's, been, he's, not he's been managing in Japan. He hasn't disappeared, no. but um, we'll sort of yeah, see more of him. Celtic, so. No, he's not going to get robbed. He'll do just fine. <laughs> um. <laughs> One other thing I wanted to mention is the uh, is the playoff final this week. Brentford against Swansea on yes. Monday morning. That's tonight, isn't it? No, it's tonight. tonight. It's tonight. Yeah, oh, yeah, so tonight. we won't midnight. talk about that because by the time it comes out. Um, so bye tomorrow. And it's, it's exciting. Brentford in the yeah, I mean, Bre- Brentford, it's, in Swansea have been very good defensively this year. Brentford, uh, um, you know, one of the better attacking teams in the league. Um, your mate, Ivan Tony. Um Andre, are you still playing? Still banging in the goals? <laughs> like that's pretty. That's pretty great. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm okay, really. I think it'll be. Room. I think it'll be a great game. Um, I'm. I'm really looking forward to watching that later. Um, Rog, is it time Roger, for a first ever end game? First end game since reincarnation of Jonathan Hewitt. <laughs> yeah. Now, do we call it if we've, like B, BJ or PJ like before John? After John, is that how this <laughs> biblical thing works? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll check with God. I'll ask him. <laughs> yeah, um, check, check with God. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I do. I don't think we've done this one before. But if we have, I really apologise, and I'm an idiot. But I don't think we have. Um, but I thought okay. it might be appropriate um, to finish the season. No googling, Jeff. With I would like you to name any Australian that has played in the Premier League before, given we're in Australia. And you can have two lives on this one. Um, uh, Jeff, you can go first because you look like you're frantically writing things down. Uh, Lucas Neal. Lucas Neal, correct. He's going to be on there. Timmy Cahill. Timmy Cahill, correct. Uh, Harry Kuehl. Harry Kuehl, correct. Mark Viduka. Yes, Mark Viduka is there. <laughs> um, like now it gets... <laughs> it gets Mark harder. Bosnich. Bozza! Yep, Mark Bosnich um, Mark Schwarzer. Mark Schwarzer. Mark Schwarzer is also there. Simon Hill. Simon Hill. Who's Simon Hill, Jeff? He's a commentator. He's a he's a he's a pundit on Australian TV. Simon Hill is not there, I'm afraid. Never heard of him. I don't think he ever played. Um, Jeff, Aaron Moy. come on, there's still lots, lots of uh, Aaron Moy. Yep. You can have, oh, Aaron Moy. Did Aaron Moy? Yes. Yeah, he, he's Australian. Yeah. He can, yeah. he can, <laughs> he can <laughs> play that. Yep. yep. Um. Oh, come on, Jeff. There's some current ones. There's some old classics still. Some, oh, some players that became on. managers. <laughs> There's a few goalkeepers. Australia makes does well for goalkeepers, doesn't it? Oh, this guy is quite good at penalties. No. 
there's a guy who flew too close to the sun. I'm just trying to think of one player who I've got. Who I've got his um, oh, who's too who close to the sun? Icarus. <laughs> um, I can't think. I've got my brain dead. I got nothing. You got nothing. I'm Gabby, brain I'll dead. Get, I'm sorry. Uh, I get one. I win. John. Yep. Uh, Stan Lazaridis. Stan yeah. Lazaridis. Yeah, I meant. <laughs> I realised I got I got my Greek tales wrong. There. <laughs> I was thinking of Lazarus. <laughs> but you're right. It was Icarus. Icarus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had uh, uh, yes. Stan Brett Emerton, Matt Ryan, yep. uh, Kevin yep. Musket. There's a and lot of keep- yeah. How did you not get Kevin Musket, Jeff? Or Popovich, Tony Popovich. There's so many keepers. Blank. Matt Ryan, Adam Federici, John Phelan. Anyway, yeah, there's lots. I thought you would have gone um, a bit further with that one. Anyway. God damn it. John wins. I win on my first week back. Yes. Awesome. Go home, John. Um, well, it was easy well, with just Rog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've still got uh, the awards, which is exciting. I'm re- I must admit, um, I've kind of forgotten what all our predictions were. So I'm really looking forward to um, revisiting. How we went. Yeah, the only one I, I can remember is that Jeff said Everton fin- were going to finish first. I had a glance we, at them the other day and we've got some really good ones and some massive howlers. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Excellent. But yeah, we'll do those next week, hopefully in person, um, but we'll record them yeah, next week some Danny point. Danny Tiato. Remember Danny Tiato? <laughs> Um, has anyone got anything before we go no it's great to be back in the shed great to have you back John it is very nice to be back it's uh, great to have done this for the first time in however long Um, strange being back hopefully um, this time next Um, week we'll be doing it in person and we'll be able to do the awards yes that's the aim Um, but thanks for listening everyone we will be back next week hopefully in person um, don't forget, if you want to contact, ask us questions, tell us wrong about something, just find us on Facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. And now, before we leave, Jeff will sing us out. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for yeah. listening. Bye. Thanks for sticking with me and Jeff during the carnage. Bye. Bye. <laughs> so, yeah.